0: Dear friends in Christ, sometimes we listen to sermons for inspiration. Sometimes we listen to sermons for strength and comfort. It might be a Sunday or a weekend when we come and we find out some really great insights about biblical actions and scenes and those who are in those accounts. And sometimes sermons are for practical application and this weekend, especially the last area, is a focus. The Bible verses from Proverbs 21. The plans of the diligent lead surely to abundance, but everyone who is hasty comes only to want, to needing something. Verse 20 Precious treasure remains in the house of the wise, but the fool devours it. There's a Christian author and lecturer, Larry Burkett. And he's in the field of biblical financial concepts and teachings about how to handle providing financial counsel to many different people. And he told of an experience he once had. There was a couple who first came to him, and they wanted to talk to him because they were in financial trouble. And the first thing the husband said was, Larry... We make $17,000 a year between us. My wife doesn't work. We have a small child at home. Larry, you cannot live in Atlanta on $17,000 a year. And Larry went over everything they had, their assets and their liabilities and the budget that they had been struggling with. And he concluded, you're absolutely right. You cannot live in Atlanta on $17,000 a year. And so he gave them some homework. He prayed with them, scheduled a follow-up meeting, and sent them away. A second couple came into Larry's office. They had the same problem. The man said, Larry, you know we're struggling. My wife works part-time. I work full-time. and between us, we make $34,000 a year. Larry, you cannot live in Atlanta on $34,000 a year. Larry looked at their assets and liabilities. He scrutinized their budget and how they were spending their money. And finally, he looked at them and said, You're absolutely right. You cannot live in Atlanta on $34,000 a year. And he prayed with them, gave them some homework, and sent them on their way with a follow-up meeting scheduled. Well, a third couple, both professionals, come to see him. And the husband says, Larry, between the two of us, we earn $77,000 a year. Larry, you cannot live in Atlanta on $77,000 a year. And he looked at their finances and noticed a few extra amenities that they had because of their higher income. And then he looked them right in the eye and agreed with them, you're right, you cannot live in Atlanta on $77,000 a year. And praying with them, gave them homework, scheduled a meeting, and sent them away. Did you figure out Larry's answers? I left out a particular emphasis in each of those responses. And that was the word, you. To each of them, he said, you cannot live in Atlanta on whatever salary that was. You see that controlling your finances may be more difficult than you might tend to think, even about ourselves. When Larry told that story at a conference, he was asked, Larry, what would have happened if you took that $77,000 from one couple and gave it to the one who had 17000 And without hesitation, he looked at that person and answered for the whole auditorium to hear, if you gave that couple the 77000 they would feel like they were millionaires for two years. Why? Because we just continue to rise up to and beyond the levels of income we have. And that's what causes problems. That's what breaks up marriages. You know that there's enough stress in marriages that we don't have to even add on financial problems. But whether you're married or you're not, whatever your financial situation is, I hope that today's message is an encouragement of hope and gives direction to what you can do about finances. Did you know that God puts a lot of stuff in the Bible about our own finances? There's over 2,000 Bible verses that talk about money and possessions. And that's exponentially higher than the number of times God talks about resurrection and eternal life. Something that is of so important matter to us. This weekend, we will build on some biblical principles of money management and how we can apply them to our own daily lives. And this is even helpful if you are a teenager or a young adult. Or you have teens or young adults in your own home. It even helps then to begin lifelong habits that are good. And in personal finance, by practicing these biblical principles, you know, all of us can find greater simplicity, contentment, generosity, and joy in our lives. And there's one big question that a lot of people ask. You know, they'll go, where did our money go? Where did it all go? And the answer can be that the, the person is living as a prodigal. Now, when you hear that word, you probably think immediately of the parable of the prodigal son. You know, some people call it the, the lost or the wayward son. Well, the word prodigal does not mean Someone who is wandering away or who is lost. Prodigal merely means one who wastes money. Recklessly, extravagantly. You know, the prodigal son, he was one who had the habits of squandering and, and also of spending money. Many of us struggle with that own habit as well. We're not worried about tomorrow. We want it Today. The problem with that kind of thinking is that for most of us, there's a time when the famine comes. We know that it comes when we've spent everything we have. And even perhaps a little bit already of this year's income that we weren't expecting. And so we use the credit card and we charge it. And we go a little further too. And finally we come to a place when we find ourselves. We find we have nothing left. Not even credit. And we can't even figure out how we're going to make it. And it seems that the more financially secure we become, the less we worry about spending money here or there. You know, We waste dollars on this or that, as if it just flows through our fingers. We forget where or when at times. We're not as careful with our money as we should be. You know, there are many ways that we waste money. But there's two primary money wasters that many of us struggle with. It's not necessary to eliminate these things, first of all, but to think more carefully about how we spend that. And the first is impulse buying. I've got some tips for you on how to avoid that. Never go grocery shopping when you're hungry. Okay. Shop for the things only that you need. I've got a phone on my app that is a list of things. And I try to make sure that when I'm going to that store, that's all I'm going to buy and keep my eyes off of those aisles and those end caps as I'm getting to the register especially. Another thing, when you're making an important purchase, when you decide you want to do that, wait 24 hours before purchasing that impulse thing. Maybe it wasn't so important at that time. And the other thing is eating out. On average, Americans, we eat out four times a week. By eating out less frequently, well then that money that you've used on that could be used to perhaps save some money or spend it on something more important or perhaps to give it away for something special that's happening. We don't exist simply to consume as much as we can get and to have just as much pleasure as we can get out of this earth. We have a higher purpose. And we need to love and to understand our purpose, to know what it is, our personal vision, our personal mission, our personal calling for Christ. And then when we spend our money, we know that it's inconsistent with this purpose or calling. Our society tells us that our life purpose is To consume as much money as possible, even as they say, try to make as much money as possible. The Bible tells us that we were created to care for God's creation. To love God and to love our neighbors as ourselves. We were created to care for our families, for those in need. We were created to glorify God, not ourselves. To seek justice to love and mercy. Our money and our possessions, they should be devoted to help us fulfilling this calling. And we're to use our resources for our families and others. We do this through our church and school, through missions, through everyday opportunities. We have a life purpose that's greater than our own self-interest. And how we spend our God-given resources it really reflects our own understanding and our commitment to this life, purpose, and mission. You should have a green insert that's in your bulletins. And if you can take that out at this moment, I want to share some important things about it that you can take with you. you know, being able to accomplish the greater purposes that God has for our lives, it really requires some measure of planning. And taking the time to set the goals that really are related to our lives and our finances, that's really crucial. You know, questions like these will help us reflect on that. You know, each of us should think about our own life purpose and goals. Have you ever done that for yourself? You know, it might be good to, when you get home, just to do that. Speak to your spouse if you're married. What is it that you're here for? And then identify two short-term and mid-range financial goals and even some long-term ones, too. Uh, And if you're taking any notes right now, too, this is important to write down. At least have one goal in each category there that's related specifically to your faith and have nothing to do with finances. But especially, what about your own faith and life in Christ? And the way that you live your life is going to be related to that. And once we have those financial goals, we need to develop a plan to meet them. And a budget is a spending plan that enables us to accomplish our goals. Some people use what's called an envelope system. And that's putting money away for specific areas. Even having an envelope for saving things. Some people find it helpful to have a financial advisor seeking the advice of that person. And if you're in a financial crisis, you need a financial counselor who can help you in getting out of debt and develop a workable plan. Whatever approach you choose, the important thing is simply to have a plan. I want you to listen for a moment to Leanne Carter. She's from a credit union down in Nashville, Tennessee.
1: We found over the past few years that many people were living beyond their means and didn't really grasp what was happening. They're juggling payments, maybe paying bills with one credit card to save cash to pay down another card, maybe making only minimum payments on any of their credit cards. Their total personal debt was rising, compounded by some pretty significant interest rates. So how do you get out of this? The first thing you have to do is track your spending. Where is the money going every week? Most of us don't know how much we're spending at the grocery store or even in a restaurant every month. Take a good look at this picture. Then you must set some financial goals. That is the foundation of every budget and every financial plan. What do you want to achieve and by when? The next is to pay off your debt. It's the best way to simplify your life. Use your credit wisely. If you want something, save up to get it. And then the absolute number one thing that everybody needs to do is create a savings account. Take it directly out of your paycheck, don't see it, have it go to an account. I know you know these things. Just like you know you need to exercise and eat right. The challenge is making a plan and sticking with it.
0: Yeah, just like diet and exercise. Discipline. But as we look at that, too, you know, think about that. How many of those things relate to you and to me? Yeah, on the back side of that sheet that you have, there are six financial planning principles. And they help us manage our money with wisdom and with faith. And the first is to pay your tithe and your offering first. Put God first in your living and your giving. And give that tithe and offering from the top of your paycheck And then live on whatever remains. Don't make God the last thing on a a weekend as far as what you're going to allocate. Remember that God gave you his first and his best. And that was his only son, Jesus, through his own death and resurrection. Secondly, create a budget and track your expenses. It's simply a plan to tell your money what you want to do with it. Tracking your expenses with a budget is like getting on the scales. It allows you to see how you're doing and motivates you to be more careful with your expenditures. And with that, I have a budget sheet from Dave Ramsey that you can just go through a whole month, write down all of your expenses and total those, and then divide each of those amounts of that category into that total, and you'll get a percentage. And there's some recommended guidelines of where that should be. Where are you today as far as are you spending what's important to you and what needs to be done? Third, simplify your lifestyle. Live below your means. Because this discipline is critical to the success of any financial plan, uh, our small group studies during this next week are going to be devoted to that particular topic. Fourth, Establish that emergency fund. It's important because it needs to be separate from other things. You don't want to take out a credit card, for example. You know, if it's cold tonight and the snow is there, and uh, you're you're going, you know, well, we need some pizza. You know, there's an emergency. We've got to have that pizza. That's not an emergency for a credit card, okay? And other things like that. Dave Ramsey recommends that you start out with $1,000. Just set that aside. That can take care of a lot of things, like maybe some special clothing needs or even some car repairs that you didn't expect. And you'd have that paid for immediately. And he says to go up to three months of your income if you can build to that point eventually. And when you have that amount, you don't need credit cards anymore. Pay off the credit cards, too. And use debit or cash for purchases. And use your credit wisely. As you are building your emergency fund, that's the next step to do. Some experts say, well, pay off your highest percentage credit cards. Well, actually, there's a better and quicker way. And that is to pay off whatever is your lowest balance. And then whatever you're making the payments for that, continue to add that on to your next smallest. And that creates what's called a snowball effect. And you can very quickly remove that credit card debt in just even a couple years. Whereas making those minimum payments, you're going to take 30 years if you're in the four, $5,000 debt minimum. Cut up those cards too as you pay them down so you're not burdened about these present-day pleasures we have. As the prodigal son was, He wanted things then. And if you must use a credit card when traveling or making purchases online, make sure you pay it off in that month, of course. The final one, practice long-term savings and investing. That's the number one wise money management principle that everyone should practice. And we don't mean saving for the mere sake of saving. That's a word that's used in today's society and, and on shows, and that's called hoarding. And hoarding is frowned upon in the Bible. And the practice of those who understand who the purpose of life, they know that that's not the primary thing we should do. But there are some who do. You know, think of the parable of the rich fool. He wanted to build bigger barns for himself so that he could just keep all that grain and have it for many years, and take life easy, eat, drink, and be merry. And you know what happened after that? God said, you fool. Your life is going to be demanded of you tonight. In other words, you're going to die. And all those things that you wanted for yourself, it means nothing. Saving, on the other hand, is important, and it's meant to be purposeful. Whether it's emergency savings, Savings for wants and goals, or especially saving even for retirement. As we live as stewards, we manage the resources of what God gives us. Those principles are there. You got them briefly. And in that financial peace university that we've been offering for years now, that goes into great detail. Many more practical things are given to help people be able to not only manage their own finances and make plans for them and their families, the generations to come, but also to give, to freely be able to give, to be those who look with the eyes of Jesus upon others. Hopefully you may take an interest in that and let somebody else know too. It's a life-changing type of class. We know God owns all things all things in the whole universe. And he blesses us with the clothes that we wear, the vehicle that you probably came to church in, your homes that you live in, and the employment that we have or we're looking forward to having. Jesus has given us all of that. He's given us situations in life too that whether we have tremendous wealth or we have something less than that, Or even if we're struggling from paycheck to paycheck, we know that regardless of how much we own, we are stewards. We're managers of it. Our Heavenly Father loves his children. And he promises to care and provide for us. And as you seek to manage your resources, it's important to recognize these principles and all that God's word gives to us and provides for us knowing that Jesus is Lord of all and Savior, that we are his stewards and that through him, because of who he is and because he cares for us, there is help and there is hope for us. And that makes us mindful of the great and many opportunities that he gives us even as we look forward in the next month to making our own commitments. As you receive these letters next weekend. Pray about that. What is the Lord asking of you? He's asking the first and the best. And as a result, as we come and we give, we give generously to our Lord. We give faithfully and we give cheerfully. I pray that these moments will make an impact on your life. And as you go forward, Know that God is there. He has that wisdom. He has the understanding. And he's given that to you because he loves you that much. In Jesus Christ and in his name, amen. And now may the peace of our Heavenly Father, our Lord and Savior, keep you in that wonderful knowledge and hope that he has for you not just here in this life, but also for eternity. In his name, amen.